Welcome to the Social for Brokers podcast with me, your host, Chris Target. This podcast is for mortgage brokers and estate agents who are looking to grow their online presence through social media. I'll share tips, best practices, and useful tools that will help you save time and ultimately expand your business. Got it. Welcome to the Social for Brokers podcast. Today I have with me Nicola McKenzie from, this is a mouthful, DM Mortgages, Dunn McCarthy, and one of the founders of mylastwill.co.uk. Now, if you're a mortgage broker and you've been around for a while, you'll know exactly who mylastwill.co.uk are. So we have one of the co-founders on the podcast, which is incredible. Nicola has also amassed 13,500 subscribers on her YouTube channel. And when she's not behind the camera recording, she's making TV appearances on Channel 4, featuring on BBC Radio. And in between all that, helping run a group of 45 plus staff across six different companies. So this episode is going to have a bit of everything from socials to building a successful mortgage brokerage to doing the will side. It'll have it all. So without further ado, Nicola, welcome to the podcast. Hello, Chris. Thank you for having me. Thanks very much for coming. I really appreciate it. And I know you are really busy. Everything that we've just spoken about there. How, how do you fit all of that in? That's a really good question. I don't always fit everything in, so I have to constantly compromise and prioritise. <laughs> That's <laughs> it, prioritise. And what doesn't, yeah, exactly. So um, we are very busy, but I never complain about being busy because, yeah, you you know, you just have to, to take it and run with it, don't you, and see it as a positive. And and the, the th- I think it's probably about three or four months now I've known you. Nicola's always got a smile on her face. You'll never see Nicola like down in the dumps, considering you're probably doing 15 hour days at the minute as well. Correct. Oh, trust me. I do have those moments. <laughs> Does Alex see that? Your partner's Alex see it more than anything. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But um, but no, you've just got to keep. Yeah, you got to keep smiling, haven't you? And yeah, I'm sorry as well, Chris, that this actual interview has taken so long to get together because, yeah, because I have rearranged and all sorts and it's what been about four or five months we were supposed to do this. So, fine. yeah, that's fine. I know, I know people are busy. And to be fair, I'll probably pick the busiest week with all the rate pulls and everything True. going on. <laughs> but I thought I can't let Chris down again a second Aww. time. This is happening. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you, Nicola. I really appreciate it. So let's get a bit of a background into you at Donna McCarthy, DM Mortgage is my last will. Talk to us where you started and, and where you're up to now. Okay, so we, well, it depends how far back you want to go, but if we start back at the beginning of the business then. Mm-hmm. um, So we set up in 2011. Okay. And originally it was, so the reason that we set up, Alex and I met, um, we were both mortgage advisors. Alex had been at Connells for the best part of five years. I had worked for a company called Carrington Car Home Finance, um, which back in the day for people that are listening, you might know Carrington Car um, Home Finance. And, you know, they're one of those companies that are, I explained this to you earlier, I'd say probably boiler room style sales. Right. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Telephone and that kind of thing. Yeah. 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 Well, it was a home finance company, but it was very much hardcore sales. So to be honest, I'm very grateful for that role because I wasn't there very long, but I learned some really, really, really crucial sales skills in that position. So anyway, um, we decided after the credit crunch etc mortgages the market wasn't really you know saying a lot so we said right in financial services in what we're doing at the moment it is 
life insurance where a lot of the money is. So mm -hmm. how can we find a way to get clients in volume to sit down and talk to us about life insurance? Because that's really hard, isn't it? It it's is very, very boring, hard. Let's be honest, it's boring to talk about life insurance. How do you correct, get that to you? Correct. People, um, don't get me wrong, I know that there are protection-only advisors out there that do literally find people to discuss their policy, and that does work for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. But to get lots and lots of people in volume, I think is very difficult unless there is something else that they're getting out of the equation, whether that's a will, a mortgage, you see what I mean? So yeah. we put our heads together and we said, how can we find people to sit down, talk to us about life insurance? Why don't we offer wills to our mm -hmm. clients? But even better, why don't we offer wills to our clients and not charge them for it? Okay. will is something that everyone needs, or most people need, um, but people don't want to pay for it. So if they see that it's been done free of charge, they're going to be much more receptive to discussing their insurance. Right. With us. OK, so the model from day one was. To our clients, you get a free will in exchange for sitting down with us and discussing your insurance arrangements. Mm -hmm. uh, OK, right. So that's that's how you got the conversation started. Correct. Exactly. So it was a great conversation starter and it took off from day one, really. Um you know, we started doing incredibly well in, in the first. So we built our business to, I think, probably about a team of 10 in the first 12 months. It grew really? very, very, very quickly. Yeah. I mean, we literally set up July 2011 and then by the January had our own office. And then by the end of that year had, I think, about six or seven self-employed brokers. Wow. Um, and the model was self-employed back then. But in mm -hmm. recent years, we've completely changed that. And we it's all employed staff that we have now. And, and um, where did you get the lead source from, from these people? Was it socials? Was it pay? Was it introducers? How did it work? Introducers. Okay. In and referrals. So, no, we didn't do any social media back then. Wow. Um, social media has only been something that we've got into really <clears throat> the last two, three years. So this was all referrals. But I suppose the biggest question is you two started up this business. Yes. How do you find working together? <laughs> I love that question. It's something people always ask us. Is it? We actually, because we started a relationship, I think a year before we set the business up. It wasn't long at all. Oh, so, was it? Yeah. That is the proper test, isn't it? That that's when you know you want to marry someone. If you can run I mean. a business. This is what I mean. So of course, people around us, like family and friends, were like, seriously, you've just met this person for like not that long, and now you're entering into a business arrangement. Are you sure this is the right thing to well, do? You, what we're gonna do, I'm gonna get Alex on the podcast and make sure your answers match up. <laughs> that's true, actually. I need to be careful what I say. No, but genuinely, that that was on both sides of family and friends. They were just like, you know, this is all moving a bit quickly. But we were like, no, no, I don't know. It was a weird thing. We had that trust from day one. I think when you're going into business with somebody, like I was very aware that even if our relationship didn't work out at that time, I trusted him and he trusted me. Uh, okay, fair <laughs> enough. So, so that's where you started. So you, you came together to build My Last Will. But over the last few years, it's kind of opened up where you're running different parts of the business now, aren't you? Because you've got DM right. mortgages now, aren't you? You? Correct. So my last will as well is a fairly recent development. That's only been, I think it's been three years. Oh, okay. oh I thought it started as my last will. No, sorry. So back in the day, back in the day, 20, 2011, it was Dunham McCarthy. Yeah. 
and open life. Open life was insurance. That's what we used to be oh, called. Right. We changed okay. the name from Dunham from Open Life to Dunham McCarthy Financial Services. But essentially, it was two limited companies: one a will writing company, mm -hmm. one a insurance brokerage. That was it. Oh, right. That's interesting. Over time. So um, Dunham McCarthy purely did wills, but then over the last 10 years, we've obviously expanded our estate planning services and we now do lots of different types of asset protection trusts, lasting powers of attorney, all of the typical services you would expect to find with a comprehensive estate planning offering. We do all of that now, but that's something that's grown and built over the last 10 years. It's just something that you could never have foreseen that at the beginning, could you? No, exactly. Exactly. So naturally, you know, when you start getting more and more clients, um, you know, for example, disabled persons trust wasn't something that we would have offered in 2011. But as you start seeing more and more people that need that type of service, you then start expanding your offering, as mm -hmm. an example. So my last will was developed three years ago, because, again, that's a way for us to keep ahead. So the wills were being done manually before that. And we still have our manual writing team. Absolutely. Oh, wow. But my last will is a completely online platform. So that's been a way for us to create the will a lot more efficiently, because obviously the client does most of it themselves. Yeah. Um, but equally still get the same results in terms of opening up that conversation in terms of life insurance. So it's just a much more efficient and I guess um, modern way of still generating that interest for clients to talk about insurance. And now I've heard of my last will before I'd even spoken to you. This was a couple of years ago yes. through brokers themselves. So can you talk us through how my last will could help other mortgage brokers? Because it, it's a great tool, isn't it? Absolutely. So um, it's a fantastic tool for anyone that is what because a lot of brokers say that they want to start offering wills. But I'll be honest with you, offering wills is a is a massively time intensive thing. So how our business is set up, Alex is mainly responsible for wills. I deal with financial services because wills is a very technical area. It's not something that I would advise anyone to start getting into unless they're, they're willing to spend the time. And to me, it's a full-time thing to do it properly. So you can't just almost piggyback, you're a mortgage broker, oh, I want to offer wills, I'll just write something out. It needs Correct, yeah, that, that that's the thing. If, if you, In my opinion, to do the client... Um, to, to to give the best service to a client it needs to be done properly and comprehensively yeah so my last will is a way for um brokers to be able to offer a, a will service mm -hmm. um but also for them to offer that service to their clients free of charge wow so it's still free of charge for, for the client yeah so, wow. so as a broker you could say i'm going to give all my clients a free will Mm -hmm. um, we charge £1,200 a year to the broker. So £100 yeah. a month is what wow. it would cost. And then that gives them the um, ability to offer their client bank a free will. And what's the benefit of them offering the free will to the clients? So it's a fantastic lead generation tool. So whether it's for new clients, okay, so whenever you set up a life insurance policy with us or a mortgage with us, we provide a free will writing service. That could give you the edge over the next broker that's not mm -hmm. doing that. But equally as well, it's a really good way to go back to existing clients. So if you've got a back book of existing clients to call them up and say, look, we wanna book you in for a review of your protection. Um, in exchange for reviewing your protection, at the end of the meeting, whether you take protection or not, you get a free will 
out of it. Uh, right, okay, I see what you mean. Also yeah. a great way to tap into existing clients that perhaps you've missed a trick with as well. Okay, very interesting. Really interesting. It's just another, especially where we are at the moment, trying to keep in touch with clients. Any way that we can keep in touch with clients is exactly. a win. I completely, completely agree with you, Chris. So yeah, it can work really well as a lead generator for new clients, but also to go back to existing clients as well. And if you want to have a discussion with Nicola, um, search her on LinkedIn, have a little look at the website and get, go and have a chat with her and see if there's anything that you can that you can do together. Absolutely. I'd be more than happy to help anyone that wants to introduce my last will into their business. Perfect. So you run a mortgage brokerage, financial services section, you get involved with the wills as well. Yes. And then you do, this is what I wanted to get into. How do you get your face out there as the face of the brand? So you do TV appearances. I do. People that are listening to this, how do TV appearances come about? <laughs> do you know why? It's, it's actually, I've just been found from my online presence by TV companies. Oh, oh I didn't realise no. it was that way around. I thought because of the TV appearance, you got the backing of YouTube and that. No, 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 no. So the YouTube and all of that was before the TV appearances. So that Channel 4 um, thing, for example, I had a call from Channel 4. I actually thought it was a hoax originally. They called me, <laughs> they called me at like 7.30 p.m. at night, left me a voicemail. I was in the gym. I remember it very clearly. I was in the gym. Listen to this voicemail. They were like, oh, hi, it's Channel 4. We want you to come on to our show tomorrow. And I thought... This is a wind up. So anyway, I called them back and she was like, no, 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 it's not a wind up. We genuinely want you to come to steps at lunch. I was like, okay. So that's how it came about. But they had found me online. And it's the same with the BBC radio um, interview as well. That's just from my online presence. People have picked up on it. So Okay, so I suppose the question is, how do you get such an online presence? So you've got 13 and a half thousand subscribers on YouTube. Yes. How did you start on YouTube? Take us through that journey of where you started on YouTube to where you are now. Yeah. Um. So I think it was about, I think it was just over three years ago now that I did the first YouTube video. And it was literally a case of, I've always, so I've always loved, you know, um, I say performing, but being in front of a camera has never okay. been something that scares me, I suppose. Um, to, to an extent, don't get me wrong, if you look back at my first video, it was not like, yeah, it was yeah. nowhere near what my videos look like today. But it was a case of, look, we need to start, obviously, with um, the fact that we're all, most of us are now national. We mm -hmm. thought to ourselves, this is something that we need to do. And as well, it's down to just looking at trends, looking at what's going on. It was a case of everyone is online. Yep. Everyone Which, on COVID. social media, exactly. COVID, you know, just propelled that. But everyone, and especially if in the first time buyer market, which is where we, the kind of people that we're looking for for business in terms of mortgages, the age range of those people, typically you're looking at 25 to 35 year olds, aren't you? Mm -hmm. Which is where YouTube, their channel is. Correct. Yeah. Um, I'd even say that even your Instagram, you know, now your TikTok, that's a more recent development. But most of most people in that age range are on social media more than they watch the telly a lot of the time. So it's actually I watched a very interesting thing. Do you follow Gary V at all? No. Like a, he runs marketing campaigns for like Pepsi and K-Swiss, a huge digital marketer. And yeah. he was talking about Mr. Beast on YouTube. Okay. Yeah. So, 
Mr. Beast, if anybody doesn't know who he is, he does these like kind of giveaway cash prizes and he's built up this huge YouTube channel. So I think it's 18 million subscribers, if 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 I'm not mistaken. Wow. The other week he was offered $1 billion for his YouTube channel. Yes. And he turned it down because he feels it's worth 100. And people broke it down and actually said, well, yeah, he's right. It's Because if he was to release a T-shirt brand tomorrow, he yeah. would make one million, two, two million pounds sales overnight. Yes. So how that that channel is actually, it's just interesting. Like the influencers now, like the rock stars of the nineties. Do you know what I mean? If Oasis drank a drank a can of Pepsi, yeah. Pepsi would pay them thousands. They do the same for people on YouTube. I just wanted to tell that story to show how big YouTube is becoming in terms of a channel to build up. Hundred percent. So um so yeah, I literally just decided to get a camera. Um sit in front of it obviously plan the video out you know over the course of a few hours um put some bullet points down and sat there and and filmed it um and And how many videos have you done now what are you up to now uh i think it's about it's in excess of 100 about 120 i think are on the channel but in actual fact there's probably closer to 200 but i took my early ones down (laughs) <laughs> oh, did you? because now you, you did it very ad hoc you put the camera up it showed you now you've got a team that records you and yes, yes you can do that you make that investment because you know it's worth it but yes. I want people to realize that you if you want to do it just start just you're exactly right it yeah. just, I, I think if it's something that you want to do you just need to switch the camera on and do it you can make lots of excuses to say reasons why you're not doing it and you know what I fell victim to those excuses in the beginning as well mm-hmm. but it got to a point where it was just like just put the camera on and record what is the worst that can happen <laughs> what is the worst that can happen you get you know what I mean you get a comment on it oh, it doesn't really matter it counts as interaction so sure. When you talk about your video, you do your re- so you research where your core market was, which was YouTube. What do you do in terms of research to find topics for videos? Where do you get your inspiration from? Um, I get my inspiration from the news, obviously. If something's current, then I'll jump on it. But I actually get my topics. I come up with them myself, as in I I, I try and put myself in the client's shoes. And I think if I was about to buy a property, what are the things that I would want to know? Mm -hmm. I even ask family and friends sometimes um I also if a client asks me a question in an appointment um I think oh there's a video idea because if they're asking me this question chances are 50 or or hundreds of other people also want to know the answer to the same question so I'd say a lot of my inspiration does come from just questions that clients ask me I always recommend, and this is, I, I say this for social media, but it's very good for videos, to just to keep a little notebook by the side of you. And yeah. it could be a very simple question of, I want to buy with my brother, can I do it? That's something people, and it might, to yeah. mortgage brokers, to professionals like you, it, it might seem quite trivial that you can buy a house with a 5% deposit just because Dave down the pub said you can't. I'm a and that seems trivial to you but to me as Joe Public that's the question I'm talking to my friends about 100% and you're exactly right so I will um sometimes just randomly get a video idea pop up into my head it could be in the middle of the night I'll put it on my notes on my phone there you go because you're right once that idea I've thought about it it can quickly go (laughs) that's (laughs) yeah what do you say the middle of the night you're like um 
Freddie Mercury, he used to have a piano above his bed. And when he'd yeah. wake up in the middle of the night and he'd play this tune because just so he can get it out of his head, it's exactly the same as you with <laughs> just like Freddie Mercury. You're like the more Freddie Mercury of mortgage advice. <laughs> <laughs> so you upload the video, you get it onto YouTube. Yes. The other thing that you do, you interview clients for testimonials as well. And this was really interesting <laughs> when I messaged you. This is that talk us through the process of what you do with your clients. Um, so we call our clients and ask them if they would be happy to do a video testimonial. Yeah. Um, we explain that we're going to send our camera guy out to film it. Um, so I'm not there when they do these interviews. Oh, oh I thought, I suppose, I suppose yeah, it makes sense to say. No, 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 no. It's just a piece to camera. Right. So you send the film crew out and they, are they local? Are they anywhere in the UK? Sometimes anywhere in the UK, we try and keep it local, but it really yeah. depends, to be honest. So, um, and, and again, that's because for us, a testimonial is worth, you know, it speaks volumes, yeah. doesn't it? And yeah, I appreciate, <laughs> we used to just get clients to film them on their video and we still do do that on their mobile phone. Some of the testimonials that we have on Instagram, for example, they're quite raw. Right. Okay. And so they're just... great. Yeah. yeah, that's just a client in front of their mobile phone. Great. But um, but we do like an element of, again, the professionalism, the high quality videos by sending out our camera guy, because sometimes when you ask someone to do it rawly, you can't see it. It's all grainy. You can't hear it. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> So it's just like, OK, we're going to send the camera guy out. He will be with you for about an hour, film some material and we're going to promote it on our social media channels. Um, get them to sign a standard kind of disclaimer to say they're happy to do it. Mm -hmm. um, film it, camera guy goes out, films it, um, asks them a series of questions. There's probably 10 questions that he'll ask. Um, we've, we encourage an open dialogue as well. I mean, don't get me wrong, if someone was unhappy with the service, would they agree for a, for a camera guy to go out? Probably not. Yeah, but it's yeah. in no way forced. You know, we do say to the client, look, be honest, tell us about what was challenging in the process, tell us what was great in the process. Um, and then, yeah, we'll edit it and then upload it and put it live. See, that's, that's obviously next level. A lot of people will be sat there thinking, wow, I'm a one-man band. I can't, I can't afford a film crew to do it. But Who's to say that you can't nip out with your phone after work and go and shoot it with them? Who's to say? Absolutely. I think a lot, some of the mortgage brokers, there's a gentleman called Jonathan Southgate, Sterling Southgate. Yes. He utilised the university to get in okay. touch with university leavers that might want to undertake as that as a bit of a project. There's always angles to be able to do that without having to pay a film crew. But what <laughs> I found, you're making that customer feel very special. That customer will never go anywhere for their mortgage again. Never, because you've recorded them. They're the face of Dylan McCarthy. I was just going to say they quite enjoy um, having that, you know, having their face online. People yeah. like it. Not everyone is comfortable with it, of course, but a lot of people, you know, it's their like, few minutes of fame or whatever. Yeah, they and what they'll do is, is Mary Smith that's been recorded, she will share that to her social feeds. Exactly, exactly. And that would get, that's definitely going to get you a lead because, oh, they sent a film crew out to you. That must be a pretty pretty good establishment to deal with. 100%. But you're quite right, though, Chris. I think it's important to say that if, um, you know, there are people out there that haven't got the um, facility to have 
um someone else to film it etc you know it's, it's taken us 11 years to get to the point where we can That's... invest in that do you know what I mean it wasn't that just in year one of setting up our business we were able to send a camera guy out to send testimonials yeah. so I think it's fair to say that you know Rome wasn't built in a day you can still do these things but you're exactly right it doesn't have to be done with a professional camera that's just us being <laughs> but it's just time, isn't it? You haven't got the time. It's, it's more cost effective for you to hire a film crew than go and do it yourself. That's all it is. Exactly, exactly. So, and I have to meticulously prioritise my time. Mm-hmm. Like, like, my day has to be structured very particularly because I can't get everything done otherwise. And I have to make a conscious decision to say, you know, well, yeah, I because I've got a media studies background, actually, so I can do all oh, the okay. editing. I can do, I used to film the videos myself when I first set up my YouTube channel. Again, from day one, I wasn't getting a camera guy. I was doing it all myself. That's it. You I was could, doing all the editing. I was doing everything. But again, it's a point. It comes to a point where I have to weigh up. Right. Okay. Social media is great, but I haven't got the time to spend faffing around with a camera that's not working properly. And do you know what I mean? I haven't got that kind of time. It's much better for me to give that job to somebody else and for me to focus on other things. But I still do get heavily involved in the creative side of our YouTube channel because I have got media experience. I have got editing experience, and I really enjoy it. <laughs> and that's it. It's something you enjoy. But what's great as well is you're giving people the you're giving people business because you're turning around and saying that that somebody that's editing your videos for you. How great is it that you can give somebody business to edit the videos whilst you grow your business? It's nice to spread spread the do you know what I mean? Spread the turnover of the revenue of your business into other small businesses. And you know what, Chris, that's actually a key point, because the reason, partly the reason why the testimonials came about as well is because I haven't got the time to fill YouTube videos every single week. It's very time intensive. Mm. The actual filming takes probably a day. So I probably filming four YouTube videos could take anything from six to eight hours. Again, I am quite, um, (laughs) I do like to to take my time putting the content together. I don't just sit in front of the camera and film it. I like to think about the content. I like to plan it. I like to structure the script. What am I going to talk about? Right, this is the beginning, middle, the end. It's not, sometimes I do videos on the fly, but a lot of the time they are very, um, they're they're planned because I want the best outcome from the You can tell that from how professional they are. And what I'm thinking about it, we haven't got enough time to do it today i'd love to get you back on and and talk to people about the step-by-step process of how you do a youtube video because you've essentially run over it there but there must be you do hours of planning you do hours of filming there's hours of editing there's hours of pushing it out there correct yeah i think it'd be best if we can get another time in the next six months <laughs> to get you on and just no, think definitely. About I won't leave you waiting six months. No, no I'm just saying how, bit, like, how busy you are. But this but I was just gonna, to... sorry, Chris, what? I was just gonna point out and add on to that that point you mentioned in that the part of the reason the testimonials came about was because I couldn't commit to our camera guy every week. So I said to him, right, let's do fortnightly filming, but then in between you can still keep busy and it's still beneficial for us for you to do some testimonials. Uh, so you've kept him on the books, essentially, which is yeah, great. because he's great. He's really, really great. But yeah, anyway. Oh, I love that. I love I love being able to support other businesses in the with the growth of, of your business. So I'm going to quickly touch on socials from yeah. a point of view of what do you post on social media at the moment? And I'm talking like Instagram and Facebook. Yes. So um, we are on pretty much all of them. 
Yeah, you're posting every. So what's the mix of posts? Because we we do your visuals. Yeah. We'll do the the static posts, the informative bits of content. But you'll then upload like a reel in between, won't you? And then you'll do a video. How do you find the time to do it? And where do those content ideas come from? Okay, so um, how do I find the time to do it? That's the that's what I do first thing in the morning. Oh, right, okay. The first thing in the morning whilst I'm eating my breakfast or doing whatever, I'll spend an hour uploading my socials most days. An hour every morning? Yeah, I mean, not strictly an hour, but sometimes. around about there. Yeah, sometimes it can take me an hour every morning. And that's the other socials aside from the YouTube stuff. So like you say, the real, because you know as well as I do, when you upload a reel to, to Instagram, it's not just the real, is it? You then write in a description underneath. Yeah. You're then making sure there's no spelling mistakes. You're then making sure that it, it reads correctly, all that kind of stuff. So um, in terms of what I upload, I try and do a mixture of content. So I like I don't like to have all videos on my Instagram. I don't like to have all static posts on my Instagram. I think it's important that people get a little bit of everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And again, I just really... <laughs> I don't really have, I guess, a structure as to what I upload on Instagram. But again, I do a lot of stories. My stories will be a mixture of um, client feedback, what's currently happening in the market, frequently asked questions, that kind of thing. And genuinely, Chris, that all just comes from what at the time or on that particular day, I think is a good topic to talk about. So that's what I wanted to drill down into that because YouTube is very planned and you'll look at specific keywords and what, what to post. Yes. Whereas if something happens on social, you jump on it and it, it's a lot more responsive um, Facebook and, and Instagram is, isn't it? Agree, yes. So, yeah. And the other thing is I want people to understand that social media isn't a case of you can up upload a post every day for two months, you won't see results. You need to consistently post for six months different types of content using Instagram stories, using static posts, using videos. Yes. And it's all part of a bigger thing and it will take you an hour every day for six to 12 months yes it's not social media isn't a quick fix social media needs to be part oh. of a jigsaw puzzle that is a good website a good online presence giving good advice you can have great socials but you yes. give terrible advice and let the customers down all the time Correct. And I think one thing you're exactly right, consistency is incredibly important. So our Instagram page, we set that up maybe a year and a half ago. I started posting here and there. Then after six months, it was like I, I wasn't in the right. I wasn't in a place where I could commit to making it consistent. Right. OK. So we did not load for about nine months. That's really not good at all. But I was yeah. like, you know, what? I'm going to give this a break and I'm going to re-enter it when I know I can commit to it. Okay, interesting. So almost like take a step back and go, I haven't got the time to do it now. There's no point me doing it. Injuries and drabs, so, yeah. yeah. Correct. If I'm doing something, I'm all in and I'm going to do it properly. Um, and I think that that's important. If you are going to do social media, you need to be fully aware that you need to make a commitment for it to be consistent. If you can't make that commitment for whatever reason, it is not going to work. Mm -hmm. And this is where a lot of people come to us when they've got to that stage and said, right, Chris, I just haven't got the time to do it now. Yes. And they get us on board that we can post at least three times a week for them. So they yes. know they've got that consistency. Yes. So they can use that mental capacity to go and do a mortgage appointment. And the back okay. of their head, they're not worrying. Oh, I haven't uploaded to social. I'll just do a quick, a quick photo of a house and have it done with. 100%. And that's where you guys have really helped me because last week I was on holiday, for example. 
Oh, uh, you're right. Okay, yeah. And I wasn't worrying because I'm thinking, okay, I'm not posting, but I know Chris and Sophie are, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's that you can enjoy a bit more because there's so much pressure on people to be on social media, and yeah. I, I tell everybody to be on social, but it shouldn't hamper your holiday. Whereas with That's us, true. you can kind of say, oh, I know. Okay, social media is not ramping up at a thousand percent but i know these guys are keeping it consistent keeping that information exactly. quickly exactly. it does does make a difference and as well one other thing i would also say with the social media is that i was under no illusion that it was going to bring quick results from day one and i think that people need to fully understand that it is a long game to mm-hmm. me i don't think you can always necessarily quantify the results you're getting from social media mm-hmm. it's a long game and the way i look at it so if i put a story on my instagram i'm thinking to myself okay that might not generate a lead today but what that's done is that's put our logo and our business into the minds of because I can see how many people check my stories 100 people or 120 people today have been reminded that DM exists that to me is a result it might not be a result today but I know based on how marketing works that is going to be a result at some point in the future I love that quote and I'm probably going to snip it up for our socials it was they they've been reminded that we exist so we're not ramming yes. our business down the throat we're not yes. asking them to contact us it's yes. they've remind they know that when it comes to their mortgage yes. eventually they'll come you know what i mean they'll come to us because they know who we are absolutely not every post we make not every video is about come to us clients that's not what it's about people will come to you as a result of your content being useful informative and engaging not every post has to be a contact us today Love it. Love it. That's exactly what I I talk to a lot of people about. And it shows somebody like you with with this huge successful business. It's exactly what we're talking about. And it's, it's what's worked for you. The last thing that I, what, I didn't have this question in mind, but it's come to me because talking about the amount of stuff that you do, the socials that you do, the YouTube yes. organization is key for you. And I remember when we booked our initial chat to speak about social, Yes. you are the only mortgage broker that had sent me a link. Normally it's the other way around. <laughs> you had a really yeah. slick booking system on the website. And I remember it was like an unusual time. It was maybe like 10 past five or something instead okay. of a five or a half five. Yeah. How I want to know, how do you organize your day to get the best out of it? Because that calendar is obviously a really good tool. Yes. So I, that, that calendar, so that's our in-house CRM system. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so we um, built that because we've got a software team in-house. So that, that link, so if, if a client needs to talk to me or any, because you know what it's like, if you're trying to organize a meeting, you can go back and forth three or four times to actually get an agreement as to what day and time that person wants to do that you can do. So that calendar, that interactive calendar is very, very important because it just literally cuts out five emails that could have got us to that point. Yeah. They send the link, they book it. But again, I make it very clear to not just my clients, but also staff, you know, anybody really, that if you need my attention for a certain thing, Mm -hmm. it's got to be scheduled. I can't just work on a, on a. It's so hard to do that. It is, but even like a client, for example, if they're asking me for um, a few minutes, like I'm happy to spare my time if I've got it. If a client calls me and I can see the phone ringing, I'll answer the phone and I'll deal with it. Mm -hmm. But 
it's usually a case of I've only got a few minutes. If you need more of my time, then I'm going to send you a link to book in a 15 minute telephone consultation because I'm just too busy to not have things regimented to strict timescales. Yeah, you're almost splitting yourself here, there, here, there and everywhere. And how do you find if, say, if you're doing a 15 minute call and yeah. it gets to 10 minutes and you're thinking, I've got five minutes to my next appointment, my next yeah. chat, how, what kind of language do you use to say to them, I've got to go almost? Uh, it's a fair point. It's um, interesting. I would say to somebody, um, look, I've got a few minutes left of this meeting. I'm happy to continue this conversation, but we're going to have to rebook it for another time. Mm, okay. Because, fair enough. because it's not fair to kind of let the next person wait. Exactly. Like, you know what I mean? So, um, I mean, I'd probably be more a bit more tactful in how I deliver that, but that's the message that I would be explaining to the client. Look, I'm happy to deal with this particular issue, but I'm going to have to book it in for an hour later on today, or are you free mm-hmm. tomorrow morning or whatever? But if I have got the time to spare, I will do it. Yeah. yeah, you're the kind of person that would. It's just interesting to see, because I'm thinking your Outlook calendar is organised to within the 15 minutes, isn't it? No. So I set the time scale. So how I, so I, so when I send a link to you to book into my calendar, it gives me an option as to how long I want to spend with that person. Oh, okay. Right. Okay. And, and based on what I know I'm discussing with you, I'll dictate what, how long I think it's going to take. And then that will book that slot into the diary, if that makes sense. Right, I see what you mean. If and then away sense. from the calendar, are there any tips to people that are really busy that how they strategize their um, calendar. Have you got any tips to people to say like, I book out an hour for this, or I'll always start the day with this and it sets me up well? Um, Because so much is happening in my day. I wouldn't, no, do you know what, actually, every morning I'd say usually the first thing I'll jump on is my emails. I'll dedicate at least an hour on my emails, generally speaking. But then throughout the day, it really is just about using my calendar like it's the it's all about the calendar for me so you send anybody that wants to book a chat you send them the link and they have to book in via that there's no ad hoc even with staff as well yes well I don't send staff a link but a staff meeting would go in my diary as an hour or as two hours absolutely right even if I'm having a compliance meeting with um RASM at Primus they get sent the link Wow. So everybody. So it was just really interesting because I've never had a mortgage broker send me a link to say, can you book in a time that's best for you? And I like that because I knew I was speaking to you at 10 past five and I knew we'd be done by half five. And that's exactly. And I like to know that as well. That's exactly the point. I can't work any other way. I need to know where I am, what I'm doing, how long that call is going to be. Because, again, I need to plan. If I've got two hours of admin time, I need to know it's two hours of admin time, because if that time gets eaten into, I'm then on the back foot. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not fair for anyone. Do you know what I mean? So um, to me, really about using the calendar, using my diary, um, we've also on our CRM system, we've got like a, a, a task system. Okay, yeah. So that helps me to delegate tasks to other members of staff. They can give me tasks. Um, so that's really useful, probably not for today, but maybe that's another podcast, I don't know. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, having a task system in place really helps, you know, and then just the, the general things that I'm sure most people do anyway, writing lists, you know, all that kind of thing. 
Interesting. And that was the, we were talking about social media there, but I just wanted to get into that because it, it sprung to mind. I thought, oh, I forgot to ask Nicola. And I think that'd be really useful to people because a lot of people are using the likes of Calendly and everything like, like this. It's to be stricter with it, to say to people, this is, and it's not, it's not that you're saying I'm too important for you to speak to me. It's saying, I want to try and help you as much as possible. Therefore booking out a time will allow me to do that for you. I completely agree with you, Chris. And do you know what the thing is as well? I've learned in this role that people do, <laughs> if you do give them an inch, they will take a mile. Yep, yeah. So if, you, if you're not strict on your time, like, don't get me wrong. Yes, we are here and we're in the business to help people. Mm -hmm. I want to help people. However, you also have to have boundaries. And I think it's important for people know that because I think that that not only builds your credibility as an advisor or as a manager or whatever, but I think that that um, just creates that. I don't know. I think if someone's always available, I don't think that that's a great look either. It doesn't make you as valuable, does it? It doesn't make you as valuable. And yeah, I suppose over the last couple of weeks, all the rates, how many mortgage brokers have had a message on their personal number or their personal Facebook going, I'm ending in five years. My fixed ends in five years. Can I just pick your brain now? And it's kind of like, well, there's nothing I can tell you that's, I haven't got a, a mystic ball that's going to tell you what's in in five years. So if you want to have a chat, book in for five, 15 minutes. That's Correct. How, that's exactly. an interesting and as well, Sorry, just to add in, you then, what you then find is that people don't um, kind of, if someone's booking into your diary for 15 minutes, it's usually for something that's fairly important. Oh, okay. Because if they, how can I put it? If you're if you're not strict with your time scales and with your boundaries in terms of your calendar, I find before I was strict with it that people would start asking me for little things that were not really important. Yeah. So the okay. more you value your time, the more other people value your time as well. I think that's the point I'm trying to make. That's yeah. So that 15 minutes, they're going to get straight to the point because they know they haven't gotten out. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. what I'm trying to say. Right. So before we get onto the strategy question, where we kind of plonk you somewhere in on the earth with a laptop, a mobile phone and an internet connection, we like to donate £10 to a charity of your choice as a thank you for coming on the podcast. Which charity did you want us to donate it to, Nicola? Uh, Macmillan. You've just held a coffee morning as well, haven't you? Just held a coffee morning, absolutely. Um, Any yeah, good? It did was did really you bake? Good. That's the question. Did you bake? No, we did a we did a barbecue. So it wasn't I did. Really oh, I did see this. Sorry, yeah. We yeah did, when when the weather was a bit better. with it, yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, we actually did a Macmillan barbecue coffee morning, coffee yeah. afternoon, whatever. I don't know. We did our own take on a Macmillan coffee morning, yeah. but uh, but raising, yeah, right? we uh, we raised I think close to four hundred pounds, and oh, it was great. a lovely day. So yeah, Macmillan is the one I'd, I'd go for. We'll make the donation. Right. So let's finish the podcast with one of the favorite questions, definitely my favorite one. We're going to pretend that you've moved to the north of Scotland. You've got a laptop, a mobile phone, and an internet connection. What would you do to start generating new mortgage leads? Um, social media is the <laughs> most obvious one. Um, of course, I would be on social media, but of course, going back to everything we've said, that's not necessarily going to generate me leads from day one, is it? It's Good a point. long game. And also as well, we don't just do social media. That's one one way for us to get business of many. <laughs> so I'd make sure I've got a good, well, you wouldn't get referrals until you've got the leads initially, but social media, definitely. Um, but also introducers. Okay, so like you're talking estate agents, 
one man bands absolutely absolutely so um you know I, again a lot of our introducers are actually on the will side so we work a lot with um various different companies to introduce business to us for wills um i think introducers in the in the industry we're in is a very important part of growing a business but again I think it's about looking at not so I wouldn't just be putting everything into social media I don't believe in putting all of your eggs in one basket mm -hmm. again similarly that's why we're not just on one social media platform it's not just YouTube I think it's about having a range of different ways because mm -hmm. anything could happen to that one potential lead source so for me I can sleep easy at night knowing that there's a range of different ways that we get business so I'd start on social media I would also start contacting introducers you know your typical solicitors your accountants your estate agents to build up that um client balance that's where I would go but so it's like that multi-prong approach which yeah. is very similar it's the way that you and Alex have created this business because you don't rely on just mortgages or just wills you've got Correct. power of attorneys you've got trust you've got so many different arms of the business haven't you Correct. And we've just recently um, expanded our legal services now to do um, things like litigation, family law and that kind of thing as well. Wow. So, so yeah, we don't we don't believe in focusing in a, on any one direction. So you want to be able and you could do with a few more hours in the day to be able to run all these things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> bit busy out there. But so so that's the key is to say to people that don't rely on that one lead source. Correct. Don't Correct. just rely on social, but don't just rely on introducers. You need to split your efforts across them all. Correct. And also as well, though, going back to the socials, I'm, I'm well aware that going on to all of the social media platforms takes time. So again, initially, we were not trying to do all of the platforms. As I said to you earlier on Instagram, I had to put on the back burner because I didn't have the time. It was a case of, OK, let's do YouTube. Let's get that right. And then we can start moving on to other platforms once we know what we're doing and once we've got that presence. So, so master one, once you've got that sort of, so you're not spreading yourself too thinly, I suppose. Correct. Exactly. Yeah. And I, we only went into those other platforms when I knew I could commit to it as well. I think time. you need to have that commitment. Exactly. And that commitment time is going to look different for everybody, but there still needs to be a commitment that you're going to deliver on ha however it is that you set out to get onto social media. Look, running the business is the, the be all and end all. If you've got somebody knocking at the door with a mortgage lead, that's going to be your um, main focus. So yes. I'm not saying what I don't want people to misconstrue that I'm telling people to drop everything and do social. Do social when you can around the business. Yes. Have absolutely. some dedicated time every week if, if you can't, because you're never going to start out and have a large budget that you can hire agencies to run your socials. Do it yourself. Get used to it. And what I always say, if you if you know how to use social, you know an agency's not ripping you off then because you know what's involved to upload to social. That is so true, actually, Chris. And I completely agree with you with that because we've worked with various different agencies and different people and marketing, etc. But I know, and that's only because of the time angle. But I know social media well enough to know what's involved and how I want it to be. So mm -hmm. you're exactly right. That helps me to know that I'm not getting ripped off or yeah you're exactly right I think it's it is unfortunately it is an industry that, that there are cowboys out there in the agency because yes. it's almost like it's the dark art to some people correct you correct know? we're we're not doing anything mind-blowingly special we're allowing you to take time back but a lot yes. of people 
advertised that way. And unfortunately, I've seen a few people out of pocket, which is which is a shame. But we won't go down that rabbit hole. Um, no, no, no. I, I know exactly where you're coming from. Nicola, thank you so much for coming on. How can people contact you if they need to get in touch? Um, they can, like you said, find me on LinkedIn. Yep, you're all over LinkedIn, aren't you? Um, yeah, so so DM me on LinkedIn, absolutely. Um, you can head to our website, which is dm.mortgage, um, and give our office a call. Ask for me. <laughs> the uh-huh. number, yeah, absolutely. If anyone needs any um, help or, again, wants to talk about introducing my last will into their business or anything like that, then call our main office number and I'd be happy to help, which is 01785 And I'd be happy to help. If anyone does want to discuss introducing my last will into their business, actually, you're probably best off dropping Alex an email and his email address is alex at mylastwill.co.uk. Fantastic. And I'd like to try and get Alex on the podcast as well. So put in a good word. Oh, yeah, no, definitely. It'd be great. He doesn't do much of this kind of thing, actually. Um, I think he would if asked, but yeah. he's, um, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely put in a good word. Fantastic. Thank you. Nicola, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate you taking the time. And I hope everybody's got so much value from this. Thank you, Nicola. Thanks, Chris. Take care. Bye. So thank you very much for listening. If you feel this podcast brought you any value at all, I'd be extremely grateful if you could leave me a review on the podcast, little five stars, and subscribe to keep you up to date with all future episodes. We can also connect on social, so you can get me on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn, all with the handle Social for Brokers. Look forward to hearing from you and connecting with you all.